0: We're back for another episode of the Under Pressure Outdoors podcast. This week, we're coming to you from the hunting camp. We recorded on the way here, but never actually here. Mm -hmm. So I got Briar with me. How y'all doing? I got Bill, my dad. And we're going to talk about scoring whitetail deer and the different associated clubs. So this week's episode is titled, Score One for the Hunt Team. Uh, In this episode, we're gonna cover the basics on how to score deer on the hoof, as well go over the, the different clubs and their scoring systems and requirements. So, a buck's antler score is made up of quite a few measurements. Every set of antlers will have at least 11 measurements that relate to the beams of the deer. These include eight beam circumferences Two beam length measurements and another measurement between the main beams, the
1: greatest inside spread. So I'm giving it as eight beam measurements, is four for each beam. Yeah, it's four not. on each side. It's okay. not eight on, on right. one side, total. Right. I mean, because I know you get some odd, you can get some odd racks that uh, could throw that off. But I guess if you're, if it's four equal measurements, or is it four measurements total on each side?
0: Well I think it's gonna be four measurements total on each side. You're gonna get different like the circumferences down the main beam of the horn, and then you're gonna measure each tine individually. Which is not even counted in that right in that group of measurements. The remainder of the buck score is simply the length of each of its antler points. Uh, in order to be a legal point, they have to be one inch or bigger. I know you used to say what you hang a ring on it. Yeah. It counts as a point. <laughs> well, what
1: it what still does. It still does for some people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what. Isn't that right, Jordan? <laughs> that's what I've always, I
2: was always told growing up. If you can hang a ring on it, it counted as a point. But it's legally, it's a, it's, it's one, one inch. inch. Well,
0: I don't understand. Yeah. If the horn has to protrude one inch from the base, from the main beam. To be considered a point, why do so many states allow you three inches or more above the hairline to be considered an antlerless deer? Why would it be? In my opinion,
2: above, they give you three inches above the hairline. Correct. To count that as a. Mm-hmm. A lot of states do, yeah. In my opinion, if it's got man parts that's right if it's got nuts a (laughs) buck's a buck's a buck's a buck Uh, horns or not yeah yeah
0: but can't eat them horns that's what they always say can't (laughs) eat them horns Uh,
1: but a lot of time that fire did go down quick (laughs)
0: A lot of times you'll see that it'll say three inches above the hairline but when you read the tags it's not a buck tag or a doe tag it's an antler or or antlers antlers. and i guess that leaves you in the same along the same lines of they don't tell you when you turkey hunt you have to shoot a gobbler till you have to shoot a bearded turkey because you do have bearded hens yeah just like in rare occurrence you do have does with antlers yeah so, I could kind of understand that because it's not—I wouldn't say it's unfair to, to be able to claim an
2: antler doe on a doe tag. That's a rarity in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: You know. Uh,
2: the question is legally: Do you have to count that as an antler an deer? deer? Yeah. Because
0: the way that, the way it's written, antlered or antlerless. Yeah. It's an antlered deer, just as if you shot a bearded hen, that counts the same but so the the easiest way to look at to try and judge like your tallness of how tall the the, the points are coming off the main beam is the average white deer's ear is about six and a half inches long so therefore when a buck approaches you use your imagination and pretend that you're holding the deer's ear in your hand against the tines if a buck comes in that has tines a lot longer than the length of his ear, if the ear are detached from the head, yeah. he's got good tine length. If a buck comes in that doesn't have a tine on his head that is longer than his ear, it, if held side by side, he has no length at all. Okay. So, and you, you I mean, you get into looking at how to score deer on the hoof, and it's hard. That's a hard thing to do you really got to look at a lot of deer you can look at pictures on google images and guess here and guess there and guess here and guess there and, and kind yeah. of score that way but when you're looking at live deer you need to be looking at deer from your area
1: well and, and how mm. many times i mean there's a lot of times that that you don't have the opportunity to sit and watch a deer for a long period of time usually uh, uh, if you see A big buck it's going to be uh i mean think about it usually the deer sees you before you see it yeah number one Mm -hmm. and then when you do see it you're like oh crap you know it's it's so quick that you're you're making a, a, a quick judgment call um you i mean i know there are occasions where you do have time to sit and look and and watch, but not very seldom on a big buck. I mean, it's a quick, oh my God, um, the way we've always hunted anyway. I mean, there are there are people that do have a chance to sit and look at it and score it, and oh yeah, yeah I can see it, oh yeah. But for the wow. most part, uh, in any of my uh, hunts, it's, it's always been a quick, yeah, it's a shooter. <laughs>
0: Of the two big bucks I've got hanging on my wall, I've had both scenarios. Yeah. The first one I shot, the big nine point I shot down here in Georgia, um, I honestly didn't even know that deer had horns.
2: <laughs>
0: I just, I glan- I looked to my left and he was crossing the road and I said, damn, that's a big deer. Yeah. Just big, massive body. And I knew buck or doe, I was going to shoot it because that's a big deer. Yeah. Uh, big body buck. Yeah. That's big body deer. <laughs> and I it shot was. him. And I shot him, and then he died, what, 40, 50 yards from where I shot? And then the 13-point I shot in Kentucky, uh, I watched him come in from 350 yards. Yeah. So I got to watch him for a solid 10 or 15 minutes walking towards me. Uh, How many times has that happened? That would be the only time. Yeah,
1: it doesn't happen. All well, I
0: say month. that. That's the only time I've watched one come in and shot it. I've watched plenty of good
1: bucks up there in Kentucky come yeah. in and mill around and walk past. Um, but I've never been fortunate enough to be on a piece of property where you've got a lot of big bucks that you have the opportunity to sit and watch and go, "Yeah, I think I'll let that one grow." Or it, it's always been. God, dang, that's a big deer.
0: Yeah, we're looking at something. You're you're looking up and you're saying that's well outside the ears. Yeah, and it's got a nice tall rack.
1: I think they average. They figure if it's outside the ears, it's 15 at least 15 inches wide. Right. um, On an average, so I guess they figure that by if you if a deer's six and a half inches, its ears are six and a half inches long. So now you've got height. Well, you've got, well, if it's six, each ear is six and a half inches, there's 13 inches. There's a little more than two inches between their ears. So now you've got 15 inches. Yeah. Um, yeah if they got their ears inches, out inches, so.
0: out to the side listening. Yeah. And the horns are outside the ears. That's a good, that's,
1: that's a good a decent wide buck. spread. Yeah. Decent
0: spread. And, uh, I mean, shoot, the, the big buck I missed with my bow in Kentucky, that happened. He was there. And I've stood up and shot. That was all within a matter of probably four minutes. Yeah. There and gone in four minutes. Never saw that deer come until he was
2: literally right on top of me at 10 yards. Most of the time when I've seen deer, they move through. Unless yeah. Like I've, I've, They're moving. They're not. hunting in Florida. I've seen them. I've watched those for, you know, 10, 15 minutes oh, maybe. Yeah. Hunting in Florida. Anywhere else, they don't usually. They usually eat and move through.
0: I've seen i've watched those for 45 minutes before yeah. yeah come out there and stand around and eat and mill around and fart around and go back in the woods come back out of the woods yeah you know unless bucks. you're
1: looking at a big buck on a trail camera it's usually it's, and that's really that's really the quick. way to do it
0: <laughs> that's really the way to do it you can really take that ear size at that point and judge if you've got the good pictures and that's a big advantage of having trail cameras set out can use those ears to judge how tall those tines are, because you got all the time in the world to figure that out, he's stuck on that image. But, so there's various uh, scoring clubs where if you shoot a deer big enough to meet their minimum requirements, uh, you get put into their record
1: books. By scoring clubs, we're talking about Pope and Young, we're talking about Boone and Crockett, we're talking about Buckmasters. Uh, those are the scoring clubs.
0: Yeah, and the the Boone and Crockett scoring system is the most recognized scoring system we have. Yeah, uh, the the Boone and Crockett. We're we're going to talk about four different clubs uh, tonight, and the three of those four use the Boone and Crockett scoring system. Uh, so the Boone and Crockett was founded by Theodore Roosevelt along with other visionaries in 1887 over the concerns we might someday lose our hunting privileges and the wildlife populations for future generations. The Boone and Crockett Club is more than just big game records. The club and its members have been responsible for a long list of activities that either created or preserved hunting opportunities we enjoy today. So the Boone and Crockett Club was more to show the health of the deer herd and preserve those records for eternity. Um, the headroom. Uh, mounted heads, I believe, is in the Cincinnati or Chicago Zoo. Hmm. I can't remember which one it is, but it's a it's a big room of mounted heads from the Boone and Crockett Club and Theodore Roosevelt and stuff like that. You can go in and look at all kinds of different species of trophy animals.
1: Hmm. I went yeah. into. I can't remember if it was Cabela's or Gander Mountain. Um, in it's either West Virginia or Pennsylvania, and they had a room that was all trophy, obviously replicas um, of the deer. But uh, it was awesome to walk through that through that store, and it's 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 like a museum when you go in it. You walk around and it's all these all these replicas of these bucks. Um, not just white tails but it was you know but it, it's pretty cool oh yeah no it's neat neat to see that stuff i think it was
2: bass pro shop that had a deal that like traveled i no, don't
1: there's know there's, a, there's a lot of those a yeah. while ago yeah, it was years ago i mean this was everything from white tail to bear to everything in this i want to say it was cabela's it was cabela's and it was either West Virginia, Pennsylvania, it was right there on the line. I, can't, I was going to a school up there in Pennsylvania and it was right close to the line. I believe it was in Pennsylvania. Um, but it was, it was pretty awesome to see all that. So the Boone and Crockett Club is inclusive in take uh, to
0: include rifles, bows, and they even record uh, found deer. If you find an animal on the side of the road that meets the requirements, they will record that as well. Um, but the the minimum score for whitetail deer for their awards category is 160 inches for typical and then for their all-time typical is 170 inches. For non-typical, for the awards category is 185 inches and for all-time is 195 inches. Uh, the difference in awards and all-time, the all-time books such as Records of North American Big Game 13th edition are published every 6 years and have all trophy listings that meet the all-time minimum score. The awards books such as Boone and Crockett Clubs 29th Big Game Awards are published every 3 years and have listings of trophies accepted during one individual 3-year award period. All trophies all trophy owners who have a trophy that scores at or above the awards minimum will receive a wall certificate, have their trophy listed in one of the issues of Fair Chase magazine, and corresponding record book publications. The all-time minimum score is higher of the two minimum scores, and the only difference is that meaning that minimum qualifies a trophy for the all-time book, Records of North American Big Game. So
1: if you hit one with your truck or your car, does that still considered Fair Chase?
0: You know, and that's one of the things. That's one of my biggest I mean, I problems. Know, we talked
1: about this last night. We, we did. We talked about it coming up here. It, was, it doesn't <laughs> seem. I don't. I mean,
2: did you really? It, I, mean, I mean, it depends if you really did it on purpose. What's well, <laughs> fair <laughs> chase?
1: I mean, a uh, twenty-five hundred Chevrolet hitting a uh, uh, you know two hundred inch buck. That's not real fair. Yeah, I <laughs> agree. It doesn't seem seem right because I mean I'd be
2: too afraid to break a tie at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I'd imagine it's probably all right if you it, they would record it if you hit him going down the highway, but I don't I don't think they'd take it if you went Baja into a cornfield.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, I had to swerve twenty feet off the road, but I got him. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is I don't. That's one of the things that aggravates me the most about the Boone and Crockett Club is that you know you have every year they come out. It, it seems to be more recently that that record, that top hunter killed record, is getting broken a lot. Uh, The Tucker buck from Tennessee only lasted two or three years, and it got broke, I want to think, last year or maybe the year before that. Um, But every time it comes up, somebody's always got to say, well, you know, it's not technically the biggest buck, you know, the world record because that one was hit by a train and some dude found it on the train tracks. (laughs) Like, that to me frustrates me as a hunter to come out here and put in all this effort in the woods to kill, and you kill a a trophy like that that is the – should What should be considered the world record deer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're outdone by some dude who was walking down the train tracks.
2: Yeah. We got lucky. Right. Literally lucky because he went, oh, look at
0: that. Some <laughs> hobo. <laughs> well, the thing is, a lot of people put in a lot of money and time. You know, we put in a lot of time sure. up here and money into that so that we can have quality deer. It's quality yeah.
1: deer management. Some of us do. Others just let some of us <laughs> do the work for them. But, yeah. but the thing is... is and then to have that,
0: to put in all that, and then, you know, Joe Blow comes by on the road out here and runs over a nice deer and, and gets in the record book, or finds it. Yeah. yeah. It's that's a bit that's a bit frustrating to me, and I can understand, you know, you could get into some of these others we'll talk about where there's different categories, uh, to where that is just stuck in a category of its own. But Boone and Crockett doesn't do that.
2: Um. And. I mean, you talked about the, the reason why they do that. We talked about it. It's, I understand it's frustrating, but they do it more to show the health of a herd. But if it was killed sure. and like, or they found it and it was discovered in 1929, is it really showing
1: the health of the herd today? No. You know, no. I mean. Yeah. No, <laughs> no I mean, and, you know, in certain counties, like in, like in Georgia, where we're at, you know, the you can look through and see how many uh, deer have been registered in 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 this county and that county in this county and this county is better than that county um and a lot of people look at that when it comes to trying to lease land or buy land um you know i i, I want to be in Dooley county because it's trophy managed and it's been trophy managed for there's bigger bucks and well sure but also that also jacks up the price of where you're leasing land. oh absolutely when you, yeah. If, you, if you're in a county that has, uh, that's a trophy-managed county versus a county that's just a, 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 you know, and not everybody records them. Um, I, you know, I can tell you right now, if I kill a nice buck, I'm, I'm not telling anybody where I killed it. I, I don't want, because, you know, if you're leasing land, you dang sure ain't going to tell the landowner. Right. Yeah. Uh, because that's just going to, oh, yeah, he's killing big buck. Oh, yeah, we're going to jack that price up. Um, right. So He'll whatever. stay around because. Yeah. Yeah, because he can go to the next guy and say, well, they've been killing this and they've been killing that, so, yeah, this property's uh, $25 an acre, $30 an acre. Um, That adds up
2: quick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does.
0: All right, so the Pope and Young Club. The Pope and Young Club is for deer strictly killed with the old stick and string. Um. The Pope and Young was founded in 1961 as a non-profit scientific organization whose objective included bettering the image of bow hunting. The club was named in honor of pioneer bow hunters Dr. Saxton, Pope, and Arthur Young. Today, carrying on the vision of Pope and Young, the club prides itself on its mission to protect our bow hunting heritage, promoting its rich values and adherence to strong fair chase ethics. So the Pope and Young Club is a lot easier to get into. Yeah. Uh, You're looking at your minimum score for a whitetail deer, typical, being 125 inches and your non-typical being 155 inches. But with the ease of entrance on inches, you gain the difficulty of entrance of of having to kill it with a bow. Yeah. So, And not only a bow, uh, Pope and Young, when they say a bow, they mean a bow. Not a crossbow. Not a crossbow.
1: Compound a crossbow. bow, longbow, recurve, but not your crossbow. So, sorry guys, if you're hunting with a crossbow, doesn't count. So Not in Pope and Young. Pope and Young
0: is entirely by the use of bow and arrow. In complete compliance with the controlling state and provincial hunting regulations, in complete compliance with the club's rules of fair chase after official measurement the score must meet or exceed the corresponding minimum score requirements for that species category. So a lot of these, you know, we're just specifically talking about white-tailed deer tonight, but a lot of these clubs also recognize many other species, North American species, and all kinds of game species throughout the world. So it's not just white-tailed deer. You can have
2: Pope and Young Bear, I think, right? Bear, Cougar, Antelope. antelope, All of
0: stuff. Yep. So, uh, and those entry requirements all change based on that. So... Bow and arrow definition. By, uh, Pope and Young defines a bow and arrow as a device for launching an arrow, for which derives its propulsive energy solely from the bending and recovery of two limbs. The bow must be hand drawn by a single and direct, uninterrupted pulling action of the shooter. The bowstring must be moved from brace height to full draw position by the muscle power of the shooter's body. The bow, the bow must be handheld. One hand shall hold the bow, the other hand draw the bowstring. The bowstring must be moved and or held at all points in the draw cycle entirely by the muscle power of the shooter until release. The bowstring must be released as a direct and conscious action of the shooters, either relaxing the tension of the fingers or triggering the release action of a handheld release aid. The only exception... uh, Physically handicapped bow hunters shall be accepted from the requirement of holding or shooting the bow with their hands. Crossbows are not allowed for entry into the Pope and Young record books. So even if you're disabled, you still got to shoot a regular stick and string. You just don't have to do it with your hands.
1: Yeah. What if you have one of those devices that attaches to the bow and holds the string back? You pull it back by hand. Uh, I've seen them before. It's a.
0: I would have to really dig... I. I didn't put the whole definition, for the sake yeah. of keeping it from being too murky. Right. Uh, but it, it really, if you get on Pope and Young's website, that definition goes on and on and on and on to to touch every little facet of that, because bow technology is constantly advancing. Yeah. Um, and when you do enter a Pope and Young, they do want to know about your let off percentage. Right. Right. Uh, I, I was going to say I was going to ask about let off because I know. There is no percentage of let-off that disqualifies you. Okay. But they do it just for record-keeping purposes.
1: Uh, I don't, I, I spend you know, the bow that I have is an old, an older bow. I won't say the make and model of it, but it, uh, I couldn't tell you. I think it's like, I want to say 65% let-off. I mean, now they got them. Oh, man. 85? You can get Obsession, Obsession bows are are 90%, some of those bows are
0: 90% let-off. Um you're pulling so. seventy pounds and holding seven.
2: Yeah. You know.
0: That's that's crazy.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That is, that's that's insane.
0: Pope and young's a little easier to get into and Pope and Young even goes into define to define how big your broadhead has to be to be considered a broadhead, how much your arrow has to weigh to be considered an arrow. Because uh, they don't want you shooting, they, they're trying to keep it ethical. Yeah. They don't want you shooting super light, super fast, target arrows, does and it, things like that. Does it
1: doesn't matter if it's a mechanical broadhead or fixed. It does not. Fixed? It does not.
2: I don't know, I think for a bow, like a regular bow, I always heard the mechanicals weren't very reliable.
1: Mm, I'd beg to differ with that. I'd say everyone, I mean,
2: every deer I've killed with a ball killed with a mechanical broadhead. That,
1: that, that may have changed. But if we had, if if we had a video, I could show you right now a vertebrae from one of the first mechanical broadheads. Yeah, it, it was I'll a take a picture cutter.
0: of it and post it to our Facebook
1: page. Um, it's it's my buddy Is that, that used that to... In, that's in, the one that's in, in the truck? It's in my truck. Yeah, it was okay. in the camper. It, yeah. it, uh, my buddy Al shot it with his bow um, in Georgia and hit it in a vertebrae, and that mechanical broadhead was wide open, and it's 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 cool as can be looking. I mean, I, I shoot mechanical broadheads on my crossbow, so you know, I
2: don't use them, but I have heard people say that. Yeah. Briar's not physically handicapped, just mentally handicapped. I got a bad wrist. Oh Lord! <laughs> hey, I'm missing bones from my body.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, you make up for it in other places. <laughs> and it ain't in sheer good looks. <laughs> so well, but he is single, ladies. So. <laughs> <laughs> one of the
0: lesser known ones, and I didn't, I didn't really, I have never heard of this one until I started doing some research for this episode. It's called the Long Hunter Society. The Long Hunter Society is like Pope and Young, except it is strictly for muzzleloaders. So, the Long Hunter Society was formed in 1988 by the National Muzzleloading Rifle Association to promote muzzleloading hunting through North America. It brings deserved recognition to hunters who have chosen to pursue
1: North American big game with the type of guns our forefathers used. Okay, here's the thing now. No. Muzzle loaders have come a long way, come a long this. way. And, I mean, muzzle loaders these days, there's no problem with shooting 200 yards or uh, further. I say you try further than that. Um, with a muzzle loader. So, you know, when when it when muzzle loading first came, uh, started getting big, in Georgia you could hunt with a muzzle loader, but you couldn't have a scope on it. But yet... Um, you could have a scope on a crossbow, but you couldn't have a scope on a muzzleloader, which really didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, it may still be that now. I haven't even looked at the laws. They changed it. Did they change yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Um, but, and, I mean, you've got center fire, you've got bolt action. you still got to load it through the muzzle. But, I mean, with using today's powders, pyrodex pellets, they have smokeless powder for muzzleloaders. Yeah, I mean, yep. yeah, you can, it, it's it's not much different shooting a long gun. No, so, it's just
2: the way you load it. Right. Um, and
0: I looked, I did about uh, all the research I could short of physically emailing or calling the Long Hunter Society to find a definition
2: for muzzleloader, to see if there's any exclusion, and I could not find one. Hmm. Uh, I mean, based on their club, I would think, the way it sounds, that it should well, be a traditional, but the Tucker Buck, but the I Tucker mean, Buck, is in there, yep. and that was
0: killed with a inline muzzleloader, not your traditional, okay, like cap, Captain like a Ball. Hawkins, a Hawkins muzzle or anything Kentucky like that. Long rifle. Um, and I did see a guy a photo of a, a gentleman in there who had a Hawkins with a
2: scope mounted on it. They do make a traditional scope. This was a regular muzzleloader scope. Okay, well, they they do make you know the the scope that's as long as the barrel and yeah, <laughs> it's about that you know look like look like one of those <laughs> Daisy like big down guns yeah, yeah one of those. <laughs> um,
0: so I couldn't find a definition for muzzleloader. How they define muzzleloader in there, but the Long Hunter Society recognizes increased challenge accepted by muzzleloader hunters who abide by stated fair chase standards. They also honor the trophy animals taken with loading guns. The Longhunter Society fully supports conservation of all North American wildlife. Continuing effort to preserve, preserve habitat, manage wildlife resources, is crucial to for, 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 bleh. preservation of our sport. Uh, mm-hmm. The minimum score for whitetail deer is 130 for typical and 160 for non-typical. So that's fairly easy to get into uh, if, you, if you're just out there, Shooting to get in there, get in one of those clubs. I mean, you could hunt with a muzzler the majority of the season and in a lot of states.
1: So, yeah, what, what you got to remember to too, when they say fair chase, that means you abide by the laws of the state or area you're hunting. And if you can't hunt over corn or can't hunt over bait, and you shoot that deer over corn or over bait, it's not legal. So, um, therefore, it cannot be scored.
2: What about that buck that was killed in? Miami, I think it was. Miami? It was a couple of years ago. Yeah, there one that was killed. There was a monster that was killed in South Florida. There are some good deer in South Florida. But they, uh... They, I think they, they never scored it because the guy posted I think. Oh, they scored it. They scored it? I'm sure they scored it. But he, I don't think... He, he didn't get
0: to keep his deer, but I'm sure they scored it. Yeah. And it's mounted somewhere. The FWC's yeah. got it in an office somewhere, somewhere. I guarantee yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: it.
0: Yeah. Um... I know they had, we had a guy on Fort Campbell uh, when I was hunting up there. He had, when we hunted on Fort Campbell, you could only kill one buck a year on the base. But that deer, the deer you killed on the base didn't count against your state bag limit. So if you had a Kentucky license, you could kill a buck on post and then go off post and kill one more. If you had a Tennessee license, you could kill one on post and then two off post. So this guy had already shot his buck on post Drew one of the coveted areas that shall not be named because it still holds some monsters in there. Yeah. Um, stuck in absolute You're beast. You're not in the Army no more. Why can't you let them guys know? I might take a trip back up there. Okay. The, the, the public. <laughs> yeah, I you know. can see, I, I it's open to the general public, and I might take a trip back up there. Uh, <laughs> if you shoot me a message on Facebook, I might be kind enough to
1: He's coming, AJ. You some Get ready, AJ. He's coming.
0: <laughs> uh, Sarah, he'll be there. But... Um, he shot the bow, shot the buck with his bow, and then tried to sneak it off post and check it in in Montgomery County. He didn't even tried to go a couple counties over. Well, the thing is, this buck had been seen by oh, Lord knows how many hunters, you know, but they just didn't get the chance to see it. So as soon as that picture surfaced on social media and said it was killed in Montgomery County, checked in and killed Montgomery County, Tennessee, red flags up all over the place. In less than 48 hours, he
1: they, he was caught and the buck was seized. Mm kind of like when people come through your property and shoot your moons off their four wheelers to your trail cameras and you post it and find out who it was within hours man that was good that was good we had a trespasser in tennessee
0: yeah i forgot about that he mooned our trail camera and drove around his four-wheeler and i posted it to tennessee deer hunters on facebook and had his name within about two hours (laughs) and then i called his dad (laughs) <laughs> that went over real well. Uh-oh. Didn't have him come back on the property, though. Was he an army brat? <laughs> no. No.
1: <clears throat> Just a turd. Yeah. So,
0: the last and final uh, club or records keeping society is the Buckmaster Trophy Records. The philosophy of Buckmaster's full credit scoring system is to measure and record white-tailed deer antlers without forcing them to conform to a criteria of perfect symmetry. This full credit scoring system takes nothing away from the rack. It simply measures every inch of antler and classifies it accordingly. And because simple mathematics determine in which category a rack belongs, they have removed the incentive for a measurer or hunter to make the call based on how a deer might rank. So with a lot of other scoring systems that use the Boone and Crockett scoring system, you have deductions. Uh, If you shot a beautiful nine-point buck, and because he's not perfectly symmetrical, he has five points on one side and four points on the other, he might as well only be an eight, because they're going to deduct however tall that ninth point is uh, that doesn't have a matching point on the other side. But what was you saying about they don't measure the inside spread? The Buckmasters scoring system does not measure the inside spread because they consider that measuring error. They only measure the antlers themselves.
2: That makes sense. Yeah, I can agree with yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, they're measuring bone. Um, so while a,
0: a Buckmasters trophy score <clears throat> is akin to a true go score, inside spread included... We do not factor the spread measurement in ranking white tailed deer because it's a measurement of air, not antler, is what they said. They have a minimum score for a gun of 140 and for a bow of 105. That may seem low, but when you deduct that 15 to 20 inches from inside spread, that's taking quite a bit off. That's taking quite a bit off. Yeah. Because, you know, let's say say we're looking at, at 15 inches. Or say so give it 20. That's a, not too crazy to think that. No,
1: 20 inches is not crazy. Um,
0: yeah. So now you're looking at what Boone and Crockett would consider a 160-inch deer, or a 125-inch deer.
1: Yeah, that 10-point we <coughs> on film here is is probably ever bit of 20 inches. Oh yeah, easily, Every bit. if not more. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, To accommodate all possible (laughs) configurations, I'm not saying where I saw him. (laughs) To accommodate all possible configurations of antler, the Buckmaster Trophy Records has four classifications: perfect, typical, semi-irregular, and irregular. And that just depends on how
2: how it scores. So, like. Your nine point might be that semi irregular? Correct. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, ranking by harvest method means the BTR system provides separate categories for all types of firearms, including center fire rifles, shotguns, pistols, and black powder guns. For deer felled by arrows, there are individual categories for compounds, recurves, longbows, and crossbows. So,
1: <clears throat> so Buckmaster is the only one that scores crossbows.
2: No, Boone and Crockett will.
1: Yeah, Boone and Crockett will. Okay. As long that's, as it's it legal
2: in your state to hunt for a crossbow.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: But if you, if you get your score by Buckmasters and you make it, they're not going to tell you that the one they found on the side of the road was bigger than the one you killed with a crossbow. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different category. Yeah. Um, and there's also a high fence category, which is something a lot of the other ones don't have. Because uh, they don't consider that fair chase. But their high fence comes with some with some stipulations uh, there's an opportunity for entry for bucks taken behind game proof fences of no less than 500 contiguous acres unobstructed by cross fencing <clears throat> or any other barrier providing the deer one is not forced to obtain food or water two has sufficient cover in which to seek sanctuary three was born on the tract and not raised by hand and four is otherwise hunted under fair chase conditions and according to the game laws of the
1: state or province was born on a track now a lot of these high fences are buying deer and I know you can't anymore you can't transport across state lines but a lot of these deer are not necessarily raised these big bucks anyway, are not necessarily raised within these high fences they're raised by individual breeders, I guess that's what they're called, um, and they would go to the hey, I've got, go to a high fence owner and say, hey, I've got this buck, he's this big, uh, I'll sell him to you, fifty thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, whatever. So, are you saying that buck wouldn't be counted, or would it be counted? No, it wouldn't be counted.
2: It has to be raised on that. What well, they to be born. would, uh,
0: what they could potentially do. Is I know this is also a thing that happens. <clears throat> is they could buy. They could they could buy from a stud buck. Yeah. And then inseminate their does, and then raise those
2: bucks in their high fence. Yes. Those would count. But it cannot be raised
1: by hand. Well, and that's where a lot of the money or, is for those breeders is 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 selling their semen. Right. I mean, that's the semen that of those bigger bucks, and then they will artificially inseminate their. The does on these properties. Right. Um, and that's that's where some of their money, a pretty good bit of their money, is made.
0: Just like racehorses.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <clears throat> I mean, people pay a lot of money for that stuff. Ugh. Yeah. Talk about a dirty job. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, we got a job for you. <laughs> the thing is,
0: call that, we'll put that under the category the things you'll do for a buck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass <laughs> yeah I'll be alright uh, yeah uh, no. but That's... if the money's right
0: <laughs> you sure bro they might put you up at a nice house on a
1: ranch yeah you could be that guy <laughs> <laughs> the buck guy yeah <laughs>
0: trying to think of some jokes all I can
1: come up with stuff I probably just shouldn't say. (laughs) (laughs) Briar they could call you the stud finder. (laughs) Make him a jack of all trades.
0: (laughs) And a masturbator of one.
2: Who was the
1: Who was the comedian that did the one with the rhino and the I can't remember it was a fake rhino um, and it was breeding it. <laughs> I can't even remember which one it was. It was I'm showing my age.
0: <laughs> so a lot of these clubs are going to send you a certificate, stuff like that. You put it on the wall, brag to your friends.
2: Yeah, I got a nice open young buck hanging <clears> on the wall. Yeah. Well, that I'm means something brag about it yeah. you know yeah especially if you put in the work and you you know brag about it a little bit what does it hurt you know if I had to drag it out of the woods I'm gonna brag about it yeah. that's right yeah. I'm gonna brag about the dough I just shot you know what I mean <laughs> yeah oh absolutely <laughs> we fill in the freezer like said, if I gotta drag it out of the woods I'm <laughs> bragging about it you know
1: and and I, I put a lot of work into this little piece of property we got yeah and uh I I could probably do more, but when you've got a small piece of property and you've got people around you, um, and we talked about this a little bit last night, I, I hesitate to do more, you know, feed with protein, feed with protein blocks, protein feed. Um, I, I, it's hard to manage a small piece of property, um, but... You got to do what you you got to do what you can do to a certain point, and to try to take care of your herd. Um, you know, here we plant food plots, we put out protein blocks. I don't I don't feed with protein. We put out corn, and you know, corn is basically uh, put the deer in your scope. And I say that with a little hesitation because that just because you've got a feeder doesn't mean you're going to see deer. Um, you know, you look at all of our trail camera pictures, you see deer at night. Right. Um, more so than you do in the daytime. And I can give you a perfect example of that.
2: Just because you have a feeder doesn't mean you're going to see deer. You got that right. We had all the, that 200-acre piece we had. I set up a feeder and a little hardwood bottom we had on there. That sucker had corn growing on it and not a single picture of, like, I think we had a couple of raccoons. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that feeder sat there for Squirrels. a couple months. Yeah. And we literally, day or night, never had a picture of a deer at it. <clears throat> we even had a food plot through there. Nothing.
1: Knock on wood. We don't have hogs. But normally if you're feeding with corn, especially in south Georgia, it doesn't the take south them too period. long to find for a hog to find corn. And the thing you can
0: do to help keep mitigate that too, like you had on that 200 acres uh,
1: <clears> that you just left not too long ago, yeah.
0: It's put up a short fence. Well, your fence was, what, two feet tall? Yeah. Three, two and a half we feet had tall?
1: We gravity feeder inside that, yeah. and it, it, it kept the hogs out. The deer can just um, basically step or hop over it, No, they'll now, come in there and feed. It was a little more than just fence. It was, I don't know what they call that. They, they sell it in panels. I said it's like hog paneling. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, But it, it kept the hogs off of the feeder and let the deer. Deer could jump over it. And then, I mean, you could put a four-foot fence. This was just a two-foot right. But you could put a four-foot fence. But any you know anywhere we had troughs or spinners that slung the corn out, you had hogs at them. You had mm-hmm. hogs at the feeder. You had hogs knocking the feeder over. You had hogs getting in the trough to eat the corn in the trough. Um, you know, we were looking at trail camera pictures today. We had deer sitting there eating with coons. Coons were right there with the deer. They just looking at each other. Well, I um, picture the deer trying to get the corn out of the spinner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One feeder with a spinner. It, 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 three bucks at it and the one buck every time you look at him he's licking corn off right off the dang spinner <laughs> he wanna eat, he didn't want to eat it off the ground he wanted to eat it off the spinner i guess he didn't like it because it got dirty i don't know <laughs> but um so just because you got you have feeders doesn't mean you're going to have bring deer into your sights um here we do salt we do protein we do corn and we plant food plots um So, in all of hopes of getting that Pope and Young or that Boone and Crockett or that Buckmaster Buck, um, and bringing more deer into your scope, seeing more deer, it's not just about killing, it's about seeing. Mm -hmm. But you got to let the little ones walk if you think you're going to get big, because they got to grow. You're not going to get that Pope and Young or Buckmaster or or Boone and Crockett on a two-year-old buck in the wild. Pen race, yeah, you could. Um, but in the wild, it's it's going to take probably at a minimum of three years to get something that's going to score that big. And it's, you got to have it's not just what you're feeding them; it's it's the nutrients. Um, that are growing from the plants it's nutrients in the area you know that's why you got the black belt in alabama through some of georgia um it's 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 minerals it's nutrients um that are in the ground and the plants so we all hope by feeding protein that 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 helps build some of that so as we're coming
0: to the end of the podcast here we got the <clears throat> we should do the under pressure outdoors tip of the week and I'll lead us off this week Uh, my under pressure outdoors tip of the week especially is really geared towards those people who are just getting into the hunting game Uh, you've sat here and you've listened to us talk for an hour about all these different trophy scoring systems Um, but don't fool yourself and think that that is all that makes a trophy Uh, illegally a, a deer that you take by legal means that makes you happy and, and is a trophy in its own right, and don't let anybody ever convince you different. You got to start somewhere, uh, so don't don't sit there for years unless you're just really drawn to it, trying to kill that Pope and Young or Boone and Crockett buck. Uh, Take that buck that, that makes you happy. If that if that joker makes you shake when it steps out, and it's a it's a nice little basket six point, shh, let her fly. You know, um, but move on from there. If you kill one, make the next one bigger, so on and so forth.
1: Always be trying to improve. You you brought up a good point when you when you said you know if that buck makes you shake, when you see it if. if If you lose that, just stop hunting. If if you're not getting excited about it, if you're if you can't get excited about sitting in the woods and just watching deer, or you know, I get excited seeing deer. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I I get excited seeing deer. Uh, You know, we were looking at trail camera pictures and we seen um, we seen some little fawns on there and we seen some twins. You know, that kind of stuff right there is 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 what it's all about. It's not just killing it's uh it's seeing it's um it's 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 just it's being out there uh, Briar, what do you got my turn um my
2: tip of the week this week is put in the work take the time to go out like i said plant the food plot fill the feeders check your cameras uh, mow the grass mow the grass <laughs> Walk, walk through the woods. Put up the ceiling it, fans. Yeah, it's it's all it's all worth it in the end. When when you get out there in the woods and it's hunting season, go scouting. Walk around in the woods. Find that rub. Find that trail that they're dealer, deer using. Find that duck hole. It doesn't matter. It's not just whitetail. Don't
1: wear shorts and crocs like somebody did today. fucking to through briars. the briars. <laughs>
2: Don't let somebody take
0: off on the ranger 30 yards into the briars while you're wearing shorts and crocs.
2: But Yeah, but put in the work. It, it, it's all worth it. Makes it more end, meaningful. It does, especially when you get out there and you're seeing deer Yeah, or seeing ducks and things like that. Well,
0: this has been another episode of the Under Pressure Outdoors podcast. Uh, You guys get on, give us a review, write us a review. Don't just hit that five-star button. If that's all you got time for, then we'd love you just to hit that five-star button. But write us a review, tell tell us what you think. Find us on Instagram, Under Pressure Outdoors. Find us on Facebook at Under Pressure Outdoors. Until next week.